I'm Jacob. And I'm Jaden. And this is The, the State, State of Things. And welcome back to another episode of The State of Things. Jaden, how are you doing? I am doing great. It's actually been a very short week. Actually, only today is the, the day that I've been on campus. It's Friday. Um, and it's the same for you. Where were we? Where were we all week, Jacob? Yeah, so uh, you, myself, uh, our Director of Government Affairs, Victoria Filippi, and uh, uh, LES Senator uh, Madeline Becker all went out to D.C. this last Sunday uh, and spent you know, the better part of this week out there uh, at the Big 12 on the Hill Conference. Um, you know, that's an annual conference that we have with the, other big uh, the student governments from the other Big 12 institutions. Um, so you know, we have two conferences with them every year we have a conference in the fall where we come together and we talk about you know what's happening in our student governments and you know and then set some shared priorities that we have for the year and then the spring we take those priorities and we take them to capitol hill and we advocate for you know uh, whatever priorities we send the fall and basically send a unified message uh, to congress about what we're experiencing on our campuses and how they can work to improve that situation and so this past week, we took those two unified messages and kind of broke it up into two sections of the conference. The first part, um, the first couple days, is when all 84 students from across the 14 different schools of the Big 12 that were out there, we met with about 60 different offices of different Congress people in the House and the Senate about one, college affordability, and two, mental health um, resources for students. And so in the affordability space, we really talked about continued support for the Pell Grant and really making sure that that's a wonderful opportunity for students that qualify to make college affordable, especially to great institutions like Iowa State, if I have mm -hmm. to say. Um, and the other part was just the structuring and continued support um, of subsidized and unsubsidized loans, excuse me. Um, those are also great resources for students that um, provide them another avenue rather than private um, loans that may be a little higher in interest. Um, just really making sure that college, even at state schools, is affordable for everyone. And then in the mental health realm of things, it's really about making sure the federal government is providing avenues for universities to have access to mental resources um, to give to students. And so one of the big things there was really advocating for guidance from the Department of Education um, to provide recommendations to universities on how to stay at the forefront of providing these essential mental health resources so we can give the support we need to students. Yeah, and, and that second half of the conference, you know, just as important is, you know, in that first half, a lot of the offices that we're meeting with are members who sit on the Education Committee or the Education Appropriations Subcommittees, uh, you know, in the House and the Senate on Capitol Hill. Uh, but the second half is, you know, all the schools meeting with the rep representatives from our states and, you know, talking to the people who represent, you know, Texas, uh, Florida, Ohio, you know, making sure that we're hitting across the board and the people who have the closest connections to our universities. And so uh, obviously, as you know, Iowa State University, we met with the full Iowa congressional delegation. So you know, we met with Senator Grassley and Senator Ernst. We also met with uh, uh, Congresswoman Hinson, who represents uh, Northeast Iowa, Congresswoman Miller Meeks, who represents uh, Southeast Iowa, Congressman Nunn, who represents uh, Southwest Iowa, and then Congressman Randy Feenstra, who represents Northwest Iowa, which is also the district that Iowa State is located in. And we had a lot of really productive conversations with them about you know, the affordability and mental health pieces that we took uh, you know, as a conference to, to all of Congress. Uh, but we also met with them to talk about you know, some other things, such as the recent changes to FAFSA 
uh, you know, how that's, especially how that's going to affect uh, farm families and families with small businesses. Uh, the, uh, you know, in the last year or so, there have been some proposed changes to that program that will um, basically make it so families uh, with farms and small businesses will probably get less financial support going into the future um, as a result of these new calculations. And so, you know, we expressed a lot of concerns about how that's going to affect farm families. And there's a lot of support amongst our members and a lot of movement already on uh, making sure that we kind of correct that flaw in the new FAFSA system before it rolls out. Um, so really positive conversations. I think there was a lot of buy-in on the things that, uh, you know, we were bringing to the table. And, you know, I think especially when we're meeting with the Iowa delegation, there's always a little bit of com camaraderie and appreciation. All, you know, not all the members obviously represent Iowa State in their district or have Iowa State in their district, uh, but all of them have really close ties with the university and come here often. And so really great conversations. They always love to see the students there. And so yeah, it was a great week out in DC. I felt like we had made a lot of progress on some of these issues. You know, I've, everything moves pretty slow in DC. So progress is progress still. And we're pretty happy with uh, how everything turned out. Yeah, amongst the six representatives for the state of Iowa, these are not controversial issues. It's not, uh, you know, if it's gonna happen, it's when and how. And so as Representative uh, Marionette Miller-Meek said, they are all over it. And that mm -hmm. was the same message we got from all six um, members of our delegation. And so I think really productive and making sure, you know, these are things that we come back every year and talk about, but it's good to have students in DC talking about them, keeping them at the forefront of their mind because I mean, students, we're the next generation. You know, we're going to be taking their spots in the next 20 years. And so it's good to have great support for students now. That's right. And, you know, you know we just got back from D.C. and, you know, we're having these conversations with you know, these big national leaders. Uh, but today on the podcast, we're actually zooming in a little bit. And we'll be talking with uh, Mayor John Hala, who's an Iowa State alum, about, you know, what's going on in the city and the relationship between Iowa State uh, University and the city of Ames. So uh, look forward to that conversation after the break. Welcome back everybody to another producer bit here on the State of Things. As always, you are joined by your fabulous producers, Ethan, Maddie, and myself. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. You know, we're going along through the semester. We got a decent chunk out of it, which has been really nice. Um, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, how about you, Maddie? Yeah, I'm doing good. Just kind of holding on until spring break we got because what we got like what two weeks left do you guys have any plans or anything for that that's next week when this comes out it's, it'll be like tomorrow and then like spring break oh, man, so yeah i'm awesome. i'm wow. super excited for that to be honest with you. i get to go down in florida to see my parents so Sick. i'm so excited for that to be honest with you what are your what are you yeah, doing for spring break um i'm just going back home uh spend time with my uh brother and my parents uh have a couple interviews that are scheduled over break so Looking for that, that full-time job after, uh, after I graduate in May. But, uh, but yeah, so, Maddie, what about you? Oh, yeah, uh, me and my friends are taking kind of our first conglomerate trip together since most of us are seniors. We're going down to Miami. Nice. That's, I've hey. never been to Miami, but I'm pretty excited. But Flor Florida gang. Florida gang. Florida gang. Yeah, but everybody it, I've talked to about is, it is This like is coming there, after so. your... Orlando ah. trip. Yeah, wait a second. Yep. Right? I'm still rocking a little bit of the sunburn from Lando, but... <laughs> Not a tan, it's a sunburn. It's a, it's a it, sun... it was a sunburn. It was a sunburn. So is a day like that pot will do that to you. Is this like a Florida addiction at this point? Is well, <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily call it that. I would okay. have probably rather she's just, gone... She's just going you know, down at the end of March uh, and three times in April. So it's not, it's not quite oh, there, yeah, but no. she has 
had the trips planned out for sure. I'm just an honorary Floridian at this point. Floridian. Flor- ah, yes. Floridian. Correct. There you go. That's the name of a hotel down there that we had to look at about oh. like the experiential design, the Grand Floridian. Oh, yeah. 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 Or Floridian, if you want to. <laughs> Floridian. Wow, my favorite music artist. Well, speaking of music artists, song of the week. We've been doing this uh, the last couple yeah. of weeks now, and I think this is something that should be a staple thing at this point. But song of the weeks going around. Who wants to jump on this first? Sure. Um, I'll start it off again. Um, I'm still on my Catfish in the Bottleman hype. Like, it's still top of my repeat. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. So good. But my current, I think this week I've listened to a lot of the band Camino or Camino or yes, yeah, the I band was Camino. Say, somebody oh. knows who Camino. that is. Oh. So good. They've got, oh. I think, I've got like two songs on repeat from them this week, and it is um, something to hold on to. I think is mm. one of the songs, and then they've got another song. Their top played song on Spotify is called Daphne Blue. Great song, but they've Daphne. got an acoustic version. Mm obsessed i don't know why i like it more than the original but i really do and it's like if you look at your spotify like on repeat playlist it's yeah it's the top right now so good wow that's my rex band camino band camino i don't know how to say their name but it's fire <laughs> they're good I, I i really enjoy them i i have a friend who listens to them and i started listening to them a little bit what's your I, favorite band camino song i don't really have it's been a while i'd have to, i want to re-listen i really want to re-listen to them because i know they i like their mm-hmm. i like their sound so well let me jump on the the band camino train here real fast because do you all know that they released a new single yeah i saw it the other day when it ca- i actually listened to it at midnight when it came out and i was in florida yeah so <laughs> it was great it, it's one of my songs that I've been ha- I have on repeat right now. Told you so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like I was obsessed with Daphne Blue. I listened to their their self-titled uh, album and was working through oh, that. And then I found Daphne Blue. And then like you like showed me like a playlist and put that song on there. And I was like, I did. No way you listen to Daphne Blue. Like, it was oh, like yeah. literally just a week before that I just found this song mm-hmm. and I was like, this is so good. I think the first band came in a song I found was like a year ago and it was Roses. Great song Rose if you haven't so heard it. Oh, hmm. that was a, it. Was like my spring hype jam for a little while. So it's, it's such a good song. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ethan. Yeah. What about you? What's your? Um. Yeah. I don't get me wrong. Love the band. I thought I always thought it was band Camino. I it might be. I. It, I don't know. Um. Love them. They're great. Um. I'm a big. I'm gonna butcher the. I'm gonna butcher her last name. Lizzie <laughs> McAlpine. Oh. Like, huge fan of hers. Um. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the song that I first listened. I first listened to, but I loved it, uh, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, but she it's really blowing up on TikTok right now. Ceilings, the it's, oh. yeah, it's yeah, a really I good song. That. Yeah, it's a it's an actually pretty easy song to play on guitar. So I'm gonna try to start learning that, which is really cool. Wow. Um, so hopefully, I don't know. I I can't hit those high notes, but it's um, the, playing guitar is fun. So yeah. that and then also um, <laughs> very specific. Uh, players by Koi Le- Koi Leray, <laughs> but the genius like genius did like a studio ver- or like a live version of oh. I don't I don't even it wasn't like a live it was some sort of version of it that I just really really enjoy it's just like I just really like it and so I've just it's kind of it's just a it's a jam it's a it's go. a funky jam I have to give it a listen sounds like it's a funky jam. Yeah, was that the one you played for me? Yeah, that was the one I week? played. Yeah, earlier this week I played it yeah. for you, and so yeah. I, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, for me, um, I have been obsessed with the band Almost Monday. 
Ooh. for some time, and they're so good. They released a new single, like, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago, but it's called Only Wanna Dance. And it's, honestly, I don't know what I was expecting out of a song that was titled that. And I was like, it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be poppy. It's going to be like hitty and stuff. And, you know, it's going to be something that I can like, you know, you know, vibe out to. But then like, I listened to it and I was like, first off, this isn't like, I've listened to Almost Monday for quite some time now, like when they first started out. I did not expect that sound. I don't know how to explain it, but like, you know how the, like, you listen to artists and you like, you come to like expect a certain sound? Mm-hmm. When I listened to it, I was like, it feels like it's almost Monday, yet at the same time, it doesn't. And it's just like a weird feeling to have, right? You know how there's like some artists that come out with things where you're like, I never would have expected that from them, yet I can, like, it sounds like them at the same time. Like, that's the vibe that I'm yeah. getting off of Only Wanna Dance with Almost Monday. Uh, the first song I listened to them, listened to by them was Parking Lot View. Mm, which is mm-hmm. you know fantastic love that song uh my brother actually uh introduced me to that song shout out to him but yeah so he introduced me to almost monday so i have him to thank for that but now i've become obsessed and only want to dance is probably my number one song at the moment sweet i'm gonna have to relate to you really quick um on the sound changing so the head and the heart mm. uh rivers and roads that was like the first song of theirs and like my dad sang it it's just like kind of like it's a it's one of my favorite songs. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, but their new sounding stuff, I really like it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. that's another thing. I feel like they've kind of changed to be more modern. It's got a, it's got some traces of pop or some like, which again, I still really like. But it's, it, I, I, I can relate to you when you say the like the band is the same, but then you like listen to the song and you're like, who like this does not sound the same. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But. Well, speaking of change, yet consistency, student government has elections that are, are coming up. Um, by the time this episode goes out, it will already be done with elections come Tuesday, Wednesday, March 7th and 8th. However, for students that are interested, there's a lot of other positions within student government outside of just the senator positions and president and vice president of things they can get involved in. So uh, could we spend just a couple oh, of minutes just oh, kind of talking sure. about, for sure. about that? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean... You and I are both, we're directors. We are yeah. on the executive cabinet. So um, we both actually, we both started as senators, but um, this year we both moved up to director position. So I'm mm-hmm. the director of marketing, which is kind of deals with our, our social medias. Uh, we have a newsletter um, and we, I've got, I've done, I'm doing some other projects and things like that. And obviously this is one of our, one of PR's projects, public relations projects is mm-hmm. the podcast. And so, um, yeah, apply for cabinet. There's a bunch of different. You've got your director of affordability, uh, obviously your chief of staff, which maintains all of cabinet. Um, like you got finance director, you've got uh, DEI director. It's mm-hmm. the, you've got a lot of different areas of, that you can like be specific and kind of make and do projects in that specific er- specific mm-hmm. area, which is really cool. I know. I mean, Maddie, you were yeah. also the past director of marketing. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> so it's not unfamiliar. Like it's a really good Mm -hmm. opportunity especially if maybe you're not like you're not looking for the legislative like parliament parley pro like you're just like you but you still want to be involved with student government you have director um you can be on part of the cabinet Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's super easy to get involved there too because once the new slate is brought in uh post elections which will be happening after this episode goes out or before pardon me um you will get you'll be able to there should be an email that goes out um, inviting you to apply for positions in the cabinet and then you can go in and usually what you'll do is you'll set up an interview 
with the president vice president i think is how that works and then you will meet with the previous holder of the role and they will give you a transition document that has all the information about the role and what you're supposed to do and what your expectations are and important things pertaining to your committee that you're joining um, you can also do things like joining as an at-large if you don't want to apply directly for high positions in cabinet that's what i am now um, because I was, I needed to not be director of marketing anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can do at-large positions, which are very low-key involvement. But frankly, you can be like involved as much as you want to. It's just a lot less of a responsibility to take on if that's if you want to be involved, but not have to run the entire show. And um, the, those at-larges are for the numerous committees that you actually heard about last episode. Mm -hmm. So the eight committees that student government has, plus I think there are some other ones that um, are yep. more not student government related. But, um, yeah, I, there are plenty of at-large seats on every committee, so feel free to reach out. Um, I think we'll also they also send out a link uh, around the same. Uh, maybe I think it's once they're in office, mm -hmm. back probably late April, maybe early May, that they'll be like, "Hey, are you interested in joining student government?" That's where you can be like, "Yeah, I want to be an at large to DEI. I want to sit on the SI committee and help plan events for student government." Yeah, and for those of you that are listening to this and going like, "Well, I really don't want to be involved in the legislation side of things, or really not with the project based things," do I have something for you? The Supreme Court here at student government is the place to be. If you get signed on as a Supreme Court justice, apply for the position, you will have an interview with the president, and the president will then nominate you for the uh, particular position. And then when you get signed on, it is a full-time position. So you are able to serve during the rest of your time here at uh, Iowa State. Um, as a time here as a student. So for all of these positions that we have as a senator and as, a, as an, um, an at-large and cabinet member, you have to apply every single year to be a part of it. But when you are a Supreme Court justice, you can serve as long as you are here at Iowa State. No need for re-election. That no sounds so nice. Mm -hmm. You can just, as soon as you're in, you're in. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. I would love that. That yeah. might be my next move. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I know that Maddie and I are graduating, so unfortunately we won't get the opportunity. But yeah. for those of you that are sticking around and want to uh, be a Supreme Court justice, this is for you. But, yeah, anything yeah. else we want to talk about while we're here? Uh, I mean, just good luck. I think midterms are coming up, or they have. Mm -hmm. um, they're around this time, I think. I think I'm not, yeah, I'm I think not, I'm not 100%. Yeah, that's what I By the time this episode goes out, I think most people will either be almost done or just about done mm -hmm. with their midterms. But good luck yeah. nonetheless. Yes. I hope you get the grades you're hoping for. Yeah. But with that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And with that, we'll throw it back to Jake and Jaden for their interview with Mayor Hala. And with us this evening is a special guest off the Iowa State campus, but not out of the Iowa State community, receiving his Bachelor of Arts degree in architecture and now the twice-elected City of Ames Mayor, Mayor John Hala. Mayor Hala, how are you this evening? Great. Thanks for uh, having me. It's just a pleasure to, to be chatting with you, and it's always an honor to uh, interact with uh, ISU student government. Yeah, it's great to have you back on campus for sure. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's wonderful to be here. Yeah, Th yeah. Thank you so much for making the making the time to come talk to us. Uh, the uh, relationship with the city, um, not only between the university but between students in the city, is so key. Obviously, we kind of uh, we share the same space for you know nine months of the year. There's a lot of students in this town who uh, are you know become those temporary residents, and so. Uh, 
it's really important to kind of keep that conversation. So we're really happy to have you here. Um, and, you know, one thing that, you know, I just want to bring up real quick as we're getting started here is something that you and I have in common, which is our time spent on the SciRide Board of Trustees. That's right. Our, That's uh, correct. Yeah. Our, our long-term members or listeners of the, of the podcast will know I have, a, I have a soft spot in my heart for SciRide. Yes. Um, and so just want uh, to acknowledge you a former membership. You're a former president of the SciRide Board. That's correct. Yeah, several years. I think it was three years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, mayor of Ames is pretty cool. President of the SciRide Board, in my mind. I, I would agree. I, fr frankly, <laughs> uh, I think that SciRide is uh, one of the best kept secrets, you know, in, uh, in Ames. I mean, people like it and respect it, but uh, I, I will never forget our conversation with uh, a consultant that we uh, hired to come in to help us uh, optimize. That's what kind of generated SciRide, you know, 2.0. Mm -hmm. um, was we asked him or them that we want to make sure that we were compared to peer um, transit uh, agencies around the country. And um, they just put their hand up and said, wait a minute, you don't understand. And I was like, well, okay, what's going on? You know, they can't do that. And he said, you are the standard that we compare every other transit system that serves um, college communities mm -hmm. because it is so well run and it's just basically um, the, the gold standard. And so we can't come in and tell you that we're going to find uh, additional things that you're not doing, you know, correctly. And so there was definitely tweaks that came up. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it just shows that from the foundation and the partnership between Iowa State, um, you know, student government, administration, the city of Ames, um, it is really an amazing um, partnership, first of mm -hmm. all. Um, and uh, that's where I really uh, um, was just uh, uh, in so encouraged and energized to see how well Iowa State and the city, you know, work together. And uh, I've always, um, you know, we half the students, I mean, the students make up half of our population and it's so mm -hmm. important to be serving them and letting them know that they're valued. And I, I know that we'll probably talk about it a little later on, but just uh, our engagement through student government and the city of Ames, uh, just so important. And uh but yeah, SciRide was just uh, the great, a great introduction to that. And I, I tell a story I say is that I share is that uh, it always amazed me because uh, on one side of the table was uh, Warren Madden, former you know vice president of business and finance, mm -hmm. and then city, our city manager Steve Shanker, and they have uh, indefinite terms as long as they're in that position. That position is always reserved because of the of the uh, the importance of how that uh, relationship works. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would start going at it, and uh, they would be arguing, and, and Steve be on the city side, and Warren be on the Iowa State side, and they would disagree, and then they would come to a conclusion. Meeting would adjourn, and then they both get up, and Steve put his arm around Warren and says, "Hey, I got to talk about something else about you. You know what's going on?" Mm -hmm. So you could see the respect, but the fact is that Warren always knew who he was representing, and Steve knew who he was representing but it was for the common good for the community. And so that just really impressed me. Um, I had heard about it before, but that just epitomized the town and gown relationship that exists at SciRide. And uh, I believe that the community is better for it. And uh, I think it's 93 or 94% of the riders are students. Mm -hmm. And uh, we tried to optimize it through 2.0, but uh, 
it needs, I think it needs a little more, you know, tweaking, but we want to serve as many people as we can with the, with the system. Yeah, I think SciRide's one of the great examples of, you know, how the university and the city do cooperate and work together and find that common ground. Um, and yeah, so just want to bring bring up that little yeah, fun fact yeah, from, it's, uh, it's from your uh, resume. Yeah, I'm man, the I'm gold standard in transportation right here in Ames, Iowa. We we do. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was from a nationwide a, a consultant who studies transit systems nationwide, and that's part of their. They just come back to SciRide as being the uh, t to compare to and, and the efficiency and optimization. Just another thing that sets uh, Iowa State and the Ames community apart from other Absolutely. college cities. But agreed. So you said you were on the SciRide, the president of the SciRide Board of mm -hmm. Trustees. How long ago was that? Uh, I served from let's see, got elected. I say it was seventeen, sixteen, from twenty thirteen okay. to twenty seventeen, and then when I was elected uh, mayor in twenty seventeen, I had to. Uh, resign that position because I couldn't hold both positions and so mm -hmm. I took over in office in uh, January 1 of 2018. So then was being president of the SciRide Board of Trustees your first kind of uh, civic engagement experience and that's what encouraged you to run for uh, mayor of Ames or how what's that story there? Uh, excellent question. It was um, I would say it's probably the last piece to the puzzle um, when I, uh, I owned and operated an architecture and engineering firm Started over in Boone, moved it to Ames in tw 2009. We intentionally moved in into Campus Town because they wanted to be engaged with, uh, with potentially Campus Town redevelopment, but also just the energy and enthusiasm. And also we wanted to attract uh, potential interns to come work for us so close mm -hmm. to campus, like Kingland. That's why Kingland mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. across the street from campus. Um, and so uh, became president, helped re revitalize uh, Campus Town Action Association, got served on the uh, Ames Chamber of Commerce um, board for uh, six years, Habitat for Humanity, um, Ames Foundation, there were several other, but that just really wanted to be fully engaged in the community, participating in what was going on, and then through my engagement at Campus Town Action Association, uh, Mayor Campbell, uh, my predecessor, um, called and asked, hey, since you're engaged with Campus Town students, uh, we have an opening, you know, on uh, on transit. Would you be interested in in doing it? And so I, I you know, I thought about it, talked to my wife about it, and I said, sure. I, you know, I'd love to. I, I will say this is that uh, there are five different sources of revenue that come in to fund the 13 million dollar budget. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a person that really understands numbers. That took some understanding of all the different programs and the way funding comes in and the yep. formulas from the federal, the state, you know, Iowa State. I mean, they do an amazing job of tracking all of that. So, but yeah, it was, it was really, um, and, and through the process of being on Campus Town Action Association, um, appeared before city council a number of times. Matthew Goodman was on, on council at that time. He's also active in Campus Town Action Association. So um, as president of, of CAA, I appeared, talked about trying to get some funding for a uh, for a uh, part-time and then ultimately a full-time uh, director. Um, so I was really impressed with the commitment of the city council to what was going on in Campus Town and uh, just the, com the camaraderie, but also the, uh, the the vision, you know, thinking. And then also during side ride time, appeared before council, and I've always wanted to give back to the community, wanted to provide service to something. I don't think that's appropriate for 
people always be takers. You want to give back and be a mm -hmm. contributor like you guys are, you know, to student government. It takes time. It takes effort. But um, so, but then serving on SciRide, just seeing the incredible uh, collaborative nature. Um, so I was actually contemplating uh, running for city council, and uh, a couple people um, essentially sat me down, talked to me, and said, hey, would you consider, I knew that, I mean, I had heard that Mayor Campbell was considering not running again for a fourth term. She had served for three terms, and, uh, and so in conversation with her, she said, yeah, she was, you know, she was going to be done at the end of this year, and so, or at the end of uh, 2017. So uh, had some good conversations with her, and uh, so when I w said I would never announce before, <laughs> before she you know, resigned or, or announced that she was not going to run again out of respect mm -hmm. for her, first of all. Secondly, is who's this guy, you know, wanting to run, you know, for <laughs> mayor against, you know, someone who's served on city council and or as mayor for 28 years. Um, so, and she's been a good mentor, and so has uh, Ted Tedesco, the mayor before her, have been good mentors, you know, to me. So, um, and actually it was, a, it, was, it was a much better fit for me as being an owner and operator of an architecture engineering firm for 30 years. As a uh, you know, as as a CEO, I love representing people. Um, I um, collaborative nature, overseeing things um, was probably a better fit than being you know on, on council. Um, so uh, and um, had facilitated well over two thousand meetings, probably closer to twenty five hundred to three thousand meetings in my entire career. And so I was used to working with councils and board of supervisors and school boards and I mean it just uh, it was just a good fit in terms of public speaking uh, engagement collaboration working and listening to individuals so it's been a uh, I mean no one ever <laughs> foresaw COVID you know coming at us uh, that was uh, certainly a very challenging uh, time um, but boy talk about the collaboration between all the different entities and mm -hmm. uh, in in Ames from Iowa State to I mean Department of Public Service. Uh, I, I joked that um, every Thursday night I had uh, a whole bunch of BFFs. Uh, one of them was uh, Chief Newton. Another one was Aaron Baldwin. Uh, we had people from Public Health, um, Chamber of Commerce, um, uh, County Board Supervisors, Mayors, and there's times we had meetings for an hour and a half two hours just talking about what was going on and what they were doing and, and that that really forged some significant bonds uh, between uh, people and only further cemented our relationship with with uh, Iowa State. And I think it was already good, but I think it was even better after that. Well, wow, what a, what a success story right there, especially shout out to SciRide for um, <laughs> giving you a lot of those things. Yeah. And you said 2,500 meetings, you had your parliamentary procedure probably down pat. Oh, and well, <laughs> I, I, well, it's put this way. I went as a consultant to meet with these individuals. I facilitated my portion of the meeting, but no, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's still the same thing. You gotta go ahead and go with an agenda. You gotta talk about certain topics. You gotta be basically on point, get things accomplished. Um, and so uh, it's been, uh, I won't say it was necessarily, you know, simple and slide into it. It takes you a while to get your, you know, to get you know, acclimated, um, mm -hmm. but it's been uh, very rewarding. And I can't say enough positive things about our city staff. We have a great city council. Uh, we have a great community. And uh, I tell people, 
I don't expect everyone to agree with one another, but I expect people to be civil and, and, and right. gracious and listen and dialogue. No monologues, dialogue. And uh, I think that that has been true for uh, over five years since I've been in office. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, as someone who, uh, you know, has been engaged, you know, with uh, city politics or, you know, city business for a better part of a decade and now these last five years mm -hmm. as mayor, um, you know, a lot of our listeners are students. Um, and so, you know, they might not be as engaged with city politics mm -hmm. and kind of the city government structure. So what would you say is kind of the main role of the mayor in your, in your sure. mind? Sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, we have what they call a weak mayor former government, which means is that the mayor does not vote on anything. Um, the city council is a policy-making body. Um, they pass ordinances, which are city laws, and then resolutions, which are primarily approving contracts, spending money. It's probably similar in student government. Um, the only thing I can vote on would be a motion uh, to break a tie on a motion. And because we have a th six council members, uh, that could happen. Typically, most most votes are 5-1 or 6-0. It's pretty uncommon that we have a tie. And I think I've only broken a tie once, I think, and that was, uh, and I am actually proud of it, and that is, it was to, to go forward with a workshop to consider passing uh, a massage therapy uh, ordinance yeah. uh, in the city because I was very concerned about Dr. Blitzo's, you know, discussion in terms of the, uh, um, you know, the abuse of that and human trafficking that does go on there, and so, um, we did go ahead and have the workshop, and as a result of the workshop, we did get the ordinance um, drafted and passed, and so I think something, and I, and I believe once we went through the workshop, council said, okay, this we got to do. Right. You know, we just need to get over that hump. So anyway, so, um, so facilitating running the meeting uh, is probably the most visible, um, the, the council meetings. Um, being a spokesperson um, to, uh, um, anything from, you know, Kiwanis. I mean, next Friday I'm speaking to, um, you know, a, uh, you know, a care facility, you know, group of individuals, mm -hmm. uh, going down to the legislature, representing, again, it's like, you know, as an architect and engineer, you know, I was representing my clients. Well, you're, my clients are 60-some thousand residents now, and I'm going down there representing, you know, uh, them. Um, I, I am the chief executive officer um, so that means that I have the authority uh, when council approves contracts. I am the one that signs mm -hmm. on a dialed line, so I, there's times where I have a lot of things to sign, sometimes not a lot of things to sign. Uh, and it, I think it's, it's humbly, I think people see it as being the community leader, also the face mm -hmm. of the community. And so during COVID, I tried to be out front, um, you know, with some you know, videos and communication. Um, I do serve as a representative on the Story County Emergency Management Association um, board, which oversees, which with East Palestine you know, happening recently, you realize, well, it's really important to have good planning. And we have lots of really good planning. Uh, it doesn't prevent something, but how do you respond to something? Right. Um, so, uh, and then people come and they want to talk to, you know, someone at the city as representative. I'll go ahead and do that. And I speak, you know, and I, we have a, an agreement with council that I, primarily speak with, you know, speak for, you know, the council when there's issues that need to be talked about. And then also I can, uh, I'll, I'll review the agenda, the, the staff provides provides agenda for the upcoming council meetings. On rare occasions, I might ask for something to be either postponed 
uh, or remove you know from the agenda but that's very very rare that it happens but I do have that mm -hmm. authority and I can also I have the authority to call special uh, council meetings um, if council wants to do that they actually have to make a motion it has to be voted on in a council meeting to call a special meeting I can call one on the spot if I need to I mean we have to get 24 hours notice but if, we, if I felt it was unnecessary next Monday I could call it right and post it so so from that long list of duties and then, you know, being able to represent all 60,000 um, residents of Ames, what do you think is your favorite part of the job? You obviously re-ran um, and was re-elected to the position, so there was something calling you back. Sure. A uh, couple of things. One is uh, I just enjoy, I'm a relationship-driven person, so the relationships that developed with everyone, seriously, from student government to with Iowa State University, uh, businesses, uh, residents. Um, th those are all something that uh, energizes me. I, I thoroughly enjoy you know, doing that. I enjoy re representing mm -hmm. um, uh, ind individuals. Um, I felt, and there's things that I still want to see accomplished in the community. And while it's not me alone, I do think someone needs to be an advocate. One has been certainly is mental health is a big, big concern uh, that I personally have. And I know council shares that as well, too. But uh, I believe I, I'm positioned to help champion um, that. So that, <coughs> you know, that, that's probably one of the you know, main drivers. And the other thing is, is COVID just really, I call it the last two years. Mm. Um, and so here we were, 2018, spent that year really kind of getting acclimated. We were going through rental ordinances. 2019, the legislature scrambled that. We were dealing with uh, short-term rentals, you know, the influx of, you know, Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. um, and we had residents that were complaining about those. That's why we were responding to it. That got undone. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And then we, so we spent all that time really kind of got us off, not off track, but we had to really focus on that for, you know, a year and a half. Um, and so now finally in 20, you know, in 2022, kind of getting back into the flow of things. So, um, but there's a, uh, and we'll see some, see some projects get through. And also I believe that uh, my, my skills in terms of uh, everything from being a, a numbers person, um, and also uh, a linear thinker and, and really there's other opportunities, you know, and also uh, I'm honored to serve as the uh, president of the Iowa League of Cities this year. Um, we have about, there's 960 some um, cities in the, in, the, in the state. We have between seven and 800 members and so represent running them and, and running the board this year also was an opportunity that was placed in, in front of me. So, uh, but we still, there's a lot of, I mean, we have a tremendous community. There's no place else in, in, in the nation that I've ever been than, than in Ames. And it's not just because of Iowa State, but you know, it's, it's I think we are prime for a lot of potential, uh, you know, great things, you know, going on in the community. Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about the relationship between the city and the university and, you know, how, uh, you know, unique it is uh, to, to this community. Um, what do you think makes that relationship work? So uh, I know what it makes work, and that is it's the commitment of leadership to want to make things work. Absent that, it's just not going to happen. And I count Dr. Winterstein as not only a partner, but as a, as a friend. Um, student government, we think we've really sought to build you know, relationships with um, 
those you know, entities were trying to bring in students from uh, Dr. Uh, Alenka Popkin, you know, from community regional planning is helping mm -hmm. do some, some uh, work from that standpoint. But we have uh, quarterly meetings with Dr. Winterstein, our city manager, um, uh, me, and then also uh, the business and finance vice president now, Sean Norman. Mm -hmm. um, but we talk about what's going on, how things might happen, you know, what's coming up, um, keep one another, you know, abreast of things. And, uh, and, and RAGRI is a great example. I mean, there's a, it affects both of us, uh, the university and uh, the city, and so consequently there has to be, uh, you know, cooperation. Our two law enforcement departments work extremely closely together, Chief Newton and Chief Huff. Um, talk with tremendous respect for one another, and that's really important. And, um, you know, the, the issue is, is that, you know, Iowa State's like a city inside of a city because city of Ames has no jurisdiction on campus. Um, if when the city, when the school, when the university wants to build a new building, they don't come to the city of Ames to build, pull a building permit. Their approval comes through the state fire marshal's office. There's nothing the city has that they can say. So if Town going on out there, the city has no say in terms of what type of buildings are being built there, how that property is being used. Now we do have some connections with stormwater, mm -hmm. su um, sewer, and uh, regular water. Um, that and there's also some traffic implications as well too. But uh, so there has to be you know cooperation, and uh, we do have a great town and gown relationship. I think that's ebbed and flowed, you know, over the years. I've heard some times where it hasn't been so strong. But I would say if Dr. Winterstein wasn't really committed to that, then I think that it wouldn't be as, uh, as strong of a relationship if I wasn't, uh, if we you know, had egos or were caring, you know, trying to accomplish something um, and uh, be at odds, it, it wouldn't work. And it's not, what I'm just thrilled about is that it's Iowa State, the city, the school district, mm -hmm. And the county board of supervisors, not to mention the business community, we, we really do have, I think, the, the ultimate connections. We don't always agree, but I do believe we all want the best for the city. Yeah, I think there's kind of a, a, an acknowledgement amongst all the parties that when, you know, when we can all succeed or grow faster together if we work together. Um, and so when we tackle things as a, as a you know, united front, I think we get more done. Correct, and, and, and we have a symbiotic relationship. Iowa State needs Ames to be successful, but Ames needs Iowa State to be successful if one mm -hmm. falters. Um, and so it's not necessarily trying to be, well, it's all about me, but the point is we understand that that's really important. And Story County needs Ames to be important, I mean, to be uh, successful, which also relies on Iowa State. So. So I, I was just going to say the exact same thing, is when Iowa State improves something, the city of Ames grows. But when the city of Ames grows, Iowa State grows. It's, so it's, it's very symbiotic, like you said. And um, with so many different projects that happen between both of them, I think one of them that we talk about just about at every one of our joint city council meetings um, and the administrators are always talking about is Cyclone Welcome Weekend. Um, with it being the very first inaugural Cyclone Welcome Weekend this um, past fall, I think it was a great success on mm -hmm. both sides. Um, we talk about it a lot with our administrator meetings, mm -hmm. but from the city point of view, 
what uh, did you guys, you know, partake in? How did you help grow the event? And then from the city point of view, how did it, how did it get pulled off? Well, interesting you asked the question because we just had a, uh, a uh, joint meeting on uh, Tuesday <coughs> talking about it for this coming year and uh, did a, you know, a praise and polish or, uh, you know, plus delta. And uh, I think a lot of things did go well. Um, the city council uh, did pass um, an ordinance that uh, raised the, uh, or allowed for immediate towing of vehicles that were parked uh, on the wrong side of the, of the street. And we don't, I want to be clear, we don't want to tow any vehicles. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to discourage anybody from celebrating and enjoying coming back to school. That's not the, not the issue. But we have many streets that are pretty narrow and when you have vehicles on both sides, sometimes you can't get a fire truck or an ambulance, you know, through between that area. And we want to be clear, they will get through, but you may not like what your car looks like <laughs> when you're done. Uh, and your insurance company will not like it either. Um, so one is just life safety, public safety is a big issue. Two is it just makes it more difficult. I mean, for you can block streets, and we have had residents who live in you know year-round residents who have complained before. So, we we improve you know we and, and we've gone out proactively. We spent a lot of money. The police spent a lot of money and time putting up signs saying, "Hey, you know, there's no parking on this side of the street. Please don't park here. They'll be towed." Our chief of police thought that they'd be towing at least 100 or 120 cars. They only towed 30. So it really did work, and it really helped because it allows you know for visibility. And two is it's increased um, the uh, you know large party. You know, and we're not saying you can't have 30 or 40 people over you know for a party, but when you have groups of 100, 200, 300 mm -hmm. people of your best friends, you know, showing up, many of whom you don't know. I'd say best friends in air quotes. That's right, exactly. <laughs> um, the concern is we just don't want to have, and this is this is what I think really got attention at a student government meeting when both Chief Newton and Chief Huff said, we are concerned that we're getting perilously close to Visha 2.0. That is riots and behavior, property damage, and potentially personal injury. And I think that we knew it was developing, and we know it's a mm. phenomenon that occurs not just in Ames, it occurs in other college towns. So how do you, how can people party responsibly and safely so no one gets injured, can enjoy their time together, but also not to the point where you have um, people who have enjoyed adult beverages a little bit maybe too much and can't control you know, their behavior. Um, that's each person's choice. It's just more or less we don't want anyone to get hurt and property damage occurred. So it did. There were somewhat. There was only three parties that were cited, and police made it very clear they went. They went several times and issued warnings. And we actually, for the first time ever, according to the police department, had people calling saying, "Hey, can you come and help break this party up? We don't want to get cited, but we can't get people to leave." Right. And we and honestly, about half the people that come are from out of town. Mm -hmm. It's not Ames residents, and so we understand that people may come and you don't want them to be there. So we're trying to, and, and, and council also uh, donated uh, $5,000 last year to the, to, the, uh, to the breakfast. We're gonna do, mm -hmm. we're, we're gonna also go to council again and ask for a contribution. We wanna support what's going on on campus as well. 
And so uh, I can't say enough positive. Another, another great relationship between Iowa State. Uh, Dr. Winterstein and I started meeting with landlords January of 2022 to talk about this issue. We realized you, you can't you can't legislate your, your way out of this. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so actually, kudos to uh, some of the staff at Iowa State. They came up with the idea. Let's just rebrand this as Cyclone Welcome Weekend mm-hmm. versus trying to you know squelch it and. Uh, so I think it's um, – we knew it was kind of a – it was a quick rollout last year, so they're gonna, mm-hmm. we're going to try and get it, you know, out again. And the other thing is it's not just Cyclone Welcome Weekend, but rumor has it Iowa's coming to town to play football, and we're going to beat them this year for <laughs> sure again. Um, and so that's another one where we're going to probably have some – the ordinance will be in effect in terms of parking on this, you know, different sides of the street. And some people just say, hey, I'll just pay the $40 ticket. Well – it's going to be towing, <laughs> not just a ticket, right. you know. And, and, again, we're trying to post signs and let people know we just don't want your money. We're not doing this as a fundraiser. We just want to make sure people are safe and can enjoy, you know, a great time, you know, a great environment. No, I think that's something that's spoken very clearly is the city of Ames is not out to get you. It's for the greater good and safety of everyone, and that's that's all you guys are trying yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, – and the other thing is, we have 30-some thousand residents, some who live in those neighborhoods, and we did have a number of people come and complain for the first time in my uh, tenure, not this past uh, September, but September prior to that, September of 21, and they were very upset because of, let's be honest, public urination, property damage, uh, you know, behavior that's really not, you know, becoming. And they have, you know, some people had, you know, kids at home and stuff. And it's just mm-hmm. they were concerned about that. So anyway, the point is, I think it's, it was better this year. Hopefully it will be, be better, you know, going forward. And uh, we'd like to think that it's primarily those who are visiting from, <laughs> you know, out of town. But uh, it, it's, it, it's all about safe fun, enjoyable time together celebrating, but within, you know, within reason. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, that was a huge, uh, you know, undertaking this last summer to prepare for that, because it was, you know, we kind of came up with it late in the spring, and then we're trying to pull everything together. Um, And so obviously, that was kind of big of undertaking between the city and uh, the university. Um, But obviously, there's a lot of things happening in Ames. Yes. All over the place, there's developments happening everywhere, and new programs and initiatives. Um, So, you know, if you had to name, you know, one or two major developments that you think students should be aware of uh, that are going in this uh, happening uh, with the city? Um, what would you say they are? Well, from a city from a city perspective, uh, we have a new exciting uh, downtown plaza that's being built right now, right across the street from City Hall. Um, it's designed to be a year-round gathering spot. Now we understand students may not be that familiar. I mean, I, I was on campus, you know, almost fifty. I mean, almost fifty years ago. Frankly, I, I, I didn't have a car, first of all, and Cyride wasn't even in existence. But, you know, I, I stayed primarily in campus or, you know, we used to call it Dogtown, you know, campus town, you know, area. <laughs> but there are so many cool things going on in the downtown area. I talked about the, uh, the Octagon Art Festival that happens the, towards the end of September. I mean, we have 100 to 200 different artists that just have all this really cool stuff going on. We closed Main Street, uh, closed Douglas. Um, other events that are trying to go down downtown farmers market. So the plaza is another anchor, you know, part of that, and it's going to have uh, 
water features in the summer and, the, and in the wintertime it's going to have a uh, ice skating ribbon. It's not going to be a ice skating rink because we're not trying to, we don't want to encourage hockey from going on. Mm-hmm. But places for kids, for, for uh, you know, families to come down and ice skate you know, around there and then we'll have a skate rental um, there also. And then also a place for food trucks, you know, to come down there and, and anchor. Um, and a, a small, it's not going to replace Bandshell, but a small little performing stage also. So that's that's one. Uh, another one is the uh, our uh, the Link project, which is on uh, Lincoln Way, and uh, I call it the uh, the nuclear wasteland right now. You know, between uh, Clark and Kellogg, where everything's just kind of been scraped off. Um, so that uh, hopefully we have that uh, um, the, the planning, or not the planning, but the agreement finalized between the developer and the city. Uh, the developer is doing all that work, um, but we have to have an agreement in terms of incentives. So that would, that would include everything from uh, um, young professional, uh, professional housing. It'll have a, a hotel. It'll have an outdoor plaza, uh, retail, commercial space. Uh, I have a son who's a, uh, a serial entrepreneur, and uh, he just said, you know, he works here in town, and they have an office, you know, downtown. He said, this would be awesome for us to grow our business in, uh, you know, in that, that kind of environment. I think that would be a real catalyst. There's a lot of cool things going on in, in the downtown area. And then a new indoor aquatic center that uh, across from a DOT, which we hope to see uh, ground broken a year from now. And uh, obviously, Site Towns are really uh, exciting piece. It's not anything the city's directly involved with, but that would be a, a, a huge catalyst. And we're continue, continuing to invest over, uh, over a million dollars a year in bike trails and uh, our widening pavement to have bike-friendly streets. And along Iowa Creek, where we all, we all developed that, we got another piece going in. We just uh, awarded contracts to connect uh, to uh, South Forth and uh, going to go down towards uh, Skunk River. And then long, hopefully, once we get the property uh, rights or access allowed, connect from uh, Hunziker Youth Sports Complex all the way up to uh, 13th Street and have uh, this, this bike trail goes along Skunk River and Iowa Creek. So pretty cool in terms of just outdoor recreation. So that's just, yeah. that's just some, some of the cool things that are going on. Yeah, I mean, I may be a little biased as a member of the Parks and Rec Commission, yeah. but I really do think uh, Ames Parks and Trails are one of the, the hidden gems of the community um, that really just makes it such a great place to live. Yeah, what's your favorite park? Um, I am a big fan of uh, uh, Ada Hayden yep. up north. I love to go Crown up there, Jewel. especially in, in the summer, yep. and just go up there and read um, right next to the water. Yeah, I love it up there. Yeah, and we just put in a uh, it was a joint public-private partnership with a, a new uh, accessible boat uh, kayak launch, mm-hmm. and uh, so someone who is mobility impaired can uh, get into a kayak without um, you know having to try and easily maneuver into it and from what I understand is it is not just used by mobility impaired by by everyone that gets kayaking it just loves using it so that's got $8,000 investment but uh, city paid 40 and uh, pu- private fundraising you know paid for 40 so we have people that really love our, our our park system it's great I am very excited to come back to Ames when of course my kids someday are going to Iowa State to enjoy all the amenities for myself that you just spoke about. Well, you're not leaving, though. 
That's oh, just that's, that's just right. I forgot about correction. That. <laughs> news flash. You're just we're gonna find a place for you to live. How's that sound? <laughs> I am staying in the state of Iowa, so no worries. All right. That, All right. So obviously a whole bunch of amazing things that the city of Ames is undertaking. Um, but there's always fallbacks as well. You know, not everything is cherry picking. Um, so I suppose, what are some challenges that you foresee the city facing in the near future as well? Well, this is Lake Wobegon. Nothing is wrong here. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that sums up that one. There you go. Yeah. No, I. Um, well, first of all, mental health, and it's it's true on campus. It's true off campus. Um, even if one person take their takes their life, it's one too many. But. Mm -hmm. um, we have got to get not only, I mean, we have a lot of resources to help people who are struggling with it. It's on campus, I mean, my goodness, student health has amazing, you know, programs and, and people, and, and, and so does DPS. Um, so do we, and there's lots of different organizations, but uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a person that wants to get to the root of the problem. What is causing the issue, and can we correct that? Um, so that's, you know, that that's that's one issue. We're working on a climate action plan. On one hand, we want to certainly be good, you know, environmental stewards. We already are doing a lot of positive things in the community uh, from an environmental standpoint. I think we've actually been leading the way for decades. Um, but the cost is just absolutely mind-numbing in terms of what it would, you know, do. So there's going to be a partnership between different entities um, on that one. There are some external factors, and frankly, um, and, and it has to do with uh, legislation. At the, at the state level, um, and so we're we're trying to develop a partnership with them and and and, and be positive and in, in in nature, um, but it's a moving target, and so that's something that we're going to have to um, navigate. I think creating a sense of belonging that people feel like they really do belong, regardless of where they're from. We have a, over a hundred nationalities, our second largest population group, and in, in uh, Ames are Asian. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then we have black and then we have, you know, Latino. Uh, and so how do we help them feel like they really are, they feel, not we think, they feel a part of the community, you know, and, and, and welcomed. Um, and so uh, those are just some, and I, I, I understand, I mean, I, I, I absolutely love going to Iowa State as a student. And I think it's, it's a unique time of life where you're on your own. <laughs> you know, you're, you're being challenged, you're learning, you're meeting new people. I mean, some of our friends are, some of our best friends are from, you know, college. I mean, they, they, you make lifelong friends, you know, here. And there's a proud, you know, tie to it. But um, we want students to feel like they're part of the community. And that's a challenge. And we understand mm -hmm. that. We, we, we get that. I mean, there's not this ex expectation or demand that you have to be doing that. But we would like to see uh, students enjoy Ada Hayden, enjoy our downtown, not because we're wanting your money. It's just there's, there's more to Ames than just the university or just um, you know, campus town you know, area. Now, with, with side ride and people owning cars, that's a little easier. But I think that sometimes uh, people just aren't aware of what's, you know, what's offered. And that's on us in terms of trying to get that information out. You know, years ago, it used to be ISU Print Daily, Des Moines Register, three channels on TV, well, four, you know, you know, <laughs> I, you know Iowa Public, I, IPT TV, um, radio, 
And that was about it. I mean, it's a completely different, you know, situation. How do we reach out to our constituents? I mean, paper's dying, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I say it sadly because I love reading, you know, I subscribe to two papers and, you know, try and keep up with what's that way. But, I mean, as soon as you think you got a, a handle on it, <laughs> then it, they're using something else, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I think that so just making getting the information out, and so, and one of the challenges that I do see too is, um, I think that we're pretty humble, as um, as a city, as Iowans. Honestly, I think we don't really we don't brag, mm-hmm. and I think one of the best kept secrets in Iowa are the cities. I mean, they're the building block for economic development. They're the building. Mm-hmm. They're the building block of, of community. Um, but people, I hate to say it, are really becoming so myopic and really engaged on social media and in their own almost uh, a different world that I think it's hard to break into that as well. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that sometimes, like anything, taken to an extreme can really be a, a detriment. And so how do we reach out, communicate, reach people? And sometimes it seems like the attention span is pretty short. You know, they, we're used to getting 200, you know, 40 characters or whatever, you know, or 256. You know, you want it, you want two or three sentences, but you can't com- you can't explain complex issues in a short period of time. And, right. And then the last thing is civility. Is to making sure that I think that we're having a, a speaker come in uh, in early April on talking about civility. And conversation and engagement. Uh, I just uh, we have got to. We just we're gonna we're gonna self destruct if we can't engage in conversation. I too I had you know a, a meeting with someone this afternoon. I just said I appreciate so much coming in because I know we can we're not gonna agree on some things, but we can have a dialogue here and seek to understand one another. We can have eye contact. We can actually respect one another's opinion uh, and see if we can try and find some kind of a middle ground or common ground. Um, and so my, my, my urge to everyone is to say, you know, think the best of other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, think, and, and if you have an issue, ask about it. You know, don't jump. I think we're so quick to jump to conclusions and or assign motives to people that may not be, you know, true. And so... Uh, um, I recently challenged the NAACP when they had their Freedom Fund banquet here a few weeks ago. I couldn't make it. I gave a video presentation. And I challenged them to think, you know, for the next year, that they uh, no one would sit at pre-assigned tables. You had to sit at tables of people you didn't know, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, people that were, you know, that were, you know, whites would be interacting with blacks and with you know Asians and. Because it's easy to kind of get together, but you haven't seen people for a while, so I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, unbeknownst to me, the uh, the MC said, "Okay, you heard the mayor say," and she made everybody get stand <laughs> up, and they had to do it that night. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and 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 apparently, it generated so much conversation that for like 10, 15 minutes, they couldn't even get order. People were just talking, and it, but that's community, and that's really so. If that was happening on campus, and people were getting to know people they didn't know. Mm-hmm. you know, and respecting. I think when you get to know someone, you realize, ah, oh, we have a lot of common themes. May not may not agree on A or B or C. Doesn't mean they're a bad person. It's just 
we just don't agree, but that's okay. That's that's part of America. We have the privilege of, of doing that. And so I know you guys, you know, uh, espouse that and support that. And I would think probably most people, you know, do, but we just got to break this polarizing, you know, polarization and uh, lack of civility uh, or uh, we'll be at each other's throats. And uh, that would be a very, very sad day for, you know, all of us. So I'm really... Our council and people who come to council meetings are awesome. I mean, they may not agree, but we are respectful and try and understand. And the, the hard part is when someone says, well, you didn't listen to me. Well, you know, I, I heard you what you said, but the decision was made may not have been what you wanted, but mm -hmm. we did hear what you said, but we have to make a decision what's best for the entire community Right. not just one particular entity and so having that and that's and you guys do the same thing in student government i mean you have to make a decision on what's best for the entire student body and someone may not agree with it but if you, i think people understand all the issues oh i get i see that perspective and so we're trying to but and sadly trust is being lost between elected officials and those that they represent um not intentionally, I don't think, but uh, that all of a sudden causes distrust, and then all of a sudden things can break down. So, anyway, but it's this is not a unique time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's happened before in history, you know. But we have to be committed to it, and it starts. That was my point to the NAACP. It starts with each one of us, and you know, it, student government, Iowa State administration. You can't. There's no way you can legislate or affect change in people's hearts right you know there's only so much you can do but you can certainly model that and uh then at that point it's up to the individual so i think if it's just if each person decides i'm gonna make a difference boy we could get somewhere really quickly mm -hmm. and you know i think you know you just talked about a, a lot of different challenges that this community is facing and i think you know towards the end you were talking a lot about how this this has to be there has to be a shared response here, and there, you know, the responsibility kind of falls on every member of the right. community, not just you know leaders in this community. And so, you know, I think if uh, you know, we'll wrap up with this question. You know, if students want to engage with that process and be a part of the change to you know respond to climate change, respond to those mental health challenges, respond to you know uh, a lack of civility in the community, and try and build that kind of community trust uh, going forward, how would they get involved with the city to work on those kinds of things? Yeah, we have a, a new ex officio, um, Tabitha Etta, right? Eaton. Eaton. Eaton, thank you. Sorry. I, I remember her first name. <laughs> and, uh, and Rachel Junk is a, you know, a, a grad student, and she's on council. So first of all, they can, there's pipeline there, but they certainly can email. Um, I think we need to hear from you know, students. Certainly, we, that's part of the purpose of the ex officio. We also always come to visit with student government uh, twice a year is to hear from that. We have boards and commissions. I know you thankfully have been willing to serve on several of those for quite some time. Uh, when I first took office, uh, I tried to not have people appointed in positions that they couldn't fill a full three-year you know, term. Uh, there's a few that had one-year terms. I've changed that philosophy if a student applies and they want to get on a board or commission. And let's say they're going to be a, they're a junior. I'm not going to disqualify them. I'll put them on uh, a board or a commission, um, knowing that maybe they're going to resign, you know, midterm. 
okay, that's fine. You know, we'll find somebody else. Uh, but that's that's a great opportunity. Um, that really, I think, is most of the city council members were on a board or a commission, and it really gets you involved with the community and gives you the opportunity. Uh, participating in our community conversations, we have one next uh, next Tuesday night on uh, substance abuse. It's going to be uh, at the uh, Ames Public Library in the uh, Farwell T. Brown uh, Community Center. It's open. It's, it's free. It starts at 6.30, goes to 8.30. Um, we got social media posts that are going out on that. That gives you a chance to hear about that. And then um, the first Tuesday night in April, I think it's April 7th, I think, um, we have uh, a former state legislator who has been the director of the Robert T and uh, Billy Ray Center down at the Drake campus mm -hmm. and leadership. And uh, he's really, in, I, in my opinion, an expert in civility. And he consults with legislatures all around the country and also with entities. And, you know, the, the Character Counts program, you may have, you know, there's six pillars of, you know, of character. I remember that from grade school. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, that actually is owned 100% worldwide by the 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 Ray Center, oh, they wow. actually were the big promoter of that, and then it kind of went worldwide. And then they have they actually have the rights to that. Um, so that's a big you know that's a that's part of building you know civility. So coming to that and and listening and actually that's we just got off the phone or uh, off the Zoom phones ubiquitous anymore <laughs> um, with uh, Scott Radiker, who's the director, um, phenomenal speaker. Uh, but anyway. It's going to be interactive. It's the first time we've had an interactive presentation, and so we're actually throughout the whole night going to be actually practicing and having things that we can take away in terms of how to start, you know, how do you listen to, how do you engage with. Um, but uh, I, he was on a webinar here oh, it was in December, and I'm telling you, he spoke for like 45 minutes. I could not take notes fast enough. He had so many great um observations and, and issues, and, and, and he, he too is concerned about what is he is seeing and how we need to, um, you know, right the ship. But, uh, so that's individual participation from, from that standpoint. But uh, my uh, cell phone number is on the website, uh, cityofames.org. Just go to mayor and council and you can, uh, or just Google, or put my name in the search box, and I got my, my emails there. And actually, every council member's email is there, as well as our phone numbers. Uh, um, even though I'm uh, much older and c removed from this generation, you know, from your generation, uh, I do text. I don't do Facebook, um, and I just—that's a conscious decision, only because I want the city of Ames's Facebook page to speak for, um, you know, the community. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, is that I just feel I want to talk to people and engage with people versus do something over social media. Uh, and it's also, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just not used to it, but uh, um, people have said, oh, you, you'd be better, you reach more people. Uh, it's probably true, but uh, I just, I'd rather do it through uh, other mediums. Yeah, well, uh, I think that was the last of our questions. I definitely encourage, um, any of the students listening, if you're interested in getting involved with the cities, uh, you know, go to those community conversations, uh, apply for boards and commissions. Uh, there's so much more happening in the city than you probably think. I know that when even I just joined the Parks and Rec Commission initially, 
uh, just the amount of stuff happening in that space alone uh, kind of blew my mind. You know, once you're in, it kind of all makes sense, you know, how many things have to be tended to, but you don't really think about it when you're just in a park. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to get involved and be a part of the community. Um, but and, then, and the time commitment isn't huge either, right? Yeah. Talk about how much time you required. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one meeting a month. Uh, you know, we meet for maybe hour, hour and a half, uh, and, you know, just give feedback to the to the city staff on some of the policies they're uh, pursuing and, you know, maybe approve a couple waivers, mm -hmm. um, but just a great way to be involved. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mayor Halo, for being on the State of Things. And really, for the past five years of your leadership in the city of Ames, I'm very excited to see where you steer this city into the future. So well, thank, you. thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for thank having you. me. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Well, Jacob, I think that was a wonderful conversation um, with our twice-elected and Iowa State alumni, City of Ames Mayor Hala. I think he brought some unique perspectives from the city-Iowa State relationship um, to this podcast and in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I really take away from that conversation is just how interwoven the Iowa State and Ames community are. And I think it's something, you know, a lot of us acknowledge and know, like, obviously, uh, students make up a large portion of the population here in the city of Ames, but uh, I think it's just really clear from the way that the mayor was talking about the different challenges that we're facing and you know the uh, the direction that the city is going that uh, the university is very much a constant piece of that conversation and, and the student body is as well. And I think that unique relationship that we have, that town and gown you know relationship that he was talking about. Uh, is so important, and I think it's uh, really fantastic that it works so well here. One of my favorite aspects of this conversation were all of the challenges that he presented that the city and Iowa State is facing, but they weren't just broad-spectrum challenges. They were very in-depth, like, self-reflective challenges of the city. Really, you know, civility, making sure that we are being environmentally friendly with the sustainability plan he was talking about, with making sure that all of our diverse community members are really feeling a part of the greater Ames community. I just think these are some issues and challenges that many cities in Iowa aren't thinking about. And the fact that the city of Ames, their mindset is in those spaces, it sets us apart to make this truly one of the greatest communities in the state of Iowa. Yeah, and you know, the mayor was talking about how he wants students to be involved um, in tackling those challenges and how we have to come together. And that isn't just, that isn't just talk. He really wants students to engage um, you know, I mentioned uh, in our conversation that, you know, I've been on, uh, you know, a couple different uh, city boards and commissions for the last three years. Um, and I can tell you, tell, you know, our listeners with complete confidence that the city really wants students in all of those spaces, whether we're talking about the climate action plan, we're talking about Cyclone Welcome Weekend, or, you know, we're talking about parks. Uh, they want student feedback because we are such a large portion of this community. Ames, as we know, it would not exist without the student body and vice versa. You know, uh, Iowa State would not be the same campus it is right now without the city of Ames. Um, and so, you know, that relationship is so special. And so if, you know, if you are a student out there and you're thinking about wanting to get more involved in your community, there's a lot of ways to do it. But joining, you know, a city commission or just getting involved with the initiatives going on in the city is A, really easy and B, a really impactful way that you can do it. And I would fully encourage uh, people to engage in that process. But that's all from Jacob and I this week on uh, the State of Things. We really want to thank all of you in the Iowa State community and really worldwide that listen to this podcast um, and the conversations that we get to have. And that has been The, the State, State of Things. Things.
Thank you for listening to another great episode of The State of Things, an ISU student government podcast original. This episode was hosted by Jacob Ludwig and Jaden Ulrich, produced by Madeline Willits, our executive producer, Sundar Shivraj, our production manager, and Ethan Matthews, our technical director, with special thanks to the staff and facilities of the Student Innovation Center Digital Media Suite. We are always looking to promote student organizations and campus events. So if you have an organization or event that you would like us to promote, please email us at stateofthings at iastate.edu. The Iowa State University Student Government was created in 1958 to provide service to, advocacy for, and empowerment of students at Iowa State. To get involved or share your ideas for change, please email stugov at iastate.edu. That's S-T-U-G-O-V at iastate.edu. Thank you, and roll clones.